We heard that song, Good, Good Father. I'm going to be singing that all day. I don't know about you, but isn't God good? Isn't God good? Yes. Let me say again. Isn't God good? Yes. Okay. I, know, I know we lost an hour of sleep, but you guys got here late anyway. I watched you come in. <laughs> you could drag it in. You know, I always love have a little bit of fun. How are you doing this morning? Good. You know we lost an hour? Yeah. <laughs> I like to make fun at your expense. But uh, no. But we just, I just tell you, man, God is so good. And you know what's really cool is he's doing things here. Do you guys feel it? Do you guys feel what he's doing here? Do you, are you experiencing it? Not only are we feeling it, but we're seeing it happen. There's things that are changing. And why? Because we're making a way. Now, we started this whole series a couple weeks ago called Pray for One. And uh, you, you probably have gotten the book or plugged into a life group. I hope so, because it's been awesome. It started with this prayer. Lord, or God, send me one person today to share your love with. God, send me one person today to share your love with. And I'm going to ask you to keep doing that. How many here have said that prayer at least once? Give it a shot. Raise your hands. Good. I'm going to get your exercise today, right? Oh, so good majority of you. Thank you for doing that because it still works. You know, I was at my favorite spot, <clears throat> Hannaford, <laughs> the other day after I prayed that prayer, and it still happens every day. It seems like when I pray that prayer, God sends me a person to share his love with. I was, I was walking in on the produce section and and uh, I saw this gal, we made eye contact. I knew her, she knew me from somewhere, I couldn't figure it out. But she came up to me and goes, you go to Life Church? And we had this little quick conversation, I'm like, yeah. And, um, and we just connected again, and, and then she walked away, and I felt this nudging from God, like, don't move. So I didn't. I was hanging out with the grapes and strawberries. And <laughs> okay, and she walked away, and then she turned and came back. And I was like, here it comes, here it comes, I could feel it. And um, she said, you know, I believe in the power of prayer, don't you? I'm like, duh, I'm a pastor, you know? I didn't say that, but yeah, I, yeah. She goes, I, I, would you pray with me for someone? I'm like, sure. And she described this child that was needing a prayer. It was a friend of hers that they have a three-year-old daughter that was diagnosed with something, some kind of disease. I can't remember it, and it's a long name or whatever, but, but it was really terrible. And, and it just my heart was breaking listening to her talk about it, and I could see it in her eyes, and she just was asking for prayer. And I, I you know... I'm pretty goofy and weird, but I said, let's pray right now. So I know the strawberries and grapes are saved because they're good. <laughs> so we're right here in Hannaford, and we just said a little prayer. It wasn't weird. I just, you know, we just prayed. And, and I looked over as I was getting ready to pray, and this couple walks by. I'm like, I'm hoping they just walk by because, you know, I didn't want to be in, pray in front of them, you know. But, but they stayed right there. I was like, oh, great. They were checking out the melons or something, whatever. And so, so I... Well, we prayed, and, and this little girl, her name is Kylie, and so if you think about her this week, and it's on your heart, pray for her, because I don't know what's going on, but God does, because he made her. But the send me one still works. Say it. Just because we've been to the series, just because we're maybe not talking about it as much, continue to do it. It's our mission. And then we take these names, we write it down on these pray for one cards, you saw it in the video, and we're collecting these cards. It touches my heart. Every week I get a chance to with the other staff, and we get a look at the cards, and we pray over them, and it's just what you guys are writing, and the people you're praying for, and, and then the praise reports, things that are happening. It is happening. Whenever you engage God on his mission, whenever you do what he wants you to do, he's going to show up. I started a life group this last series, a small group uh, of people that are new to our church, and it's on Monday night, so we're just wrapping up this week, and, and I asked the first week, how many of you prayed this prayer? And I, think, I don't think anybody raised their hand. How many have said the prayer or had to pray for one? And nobody did. Well, now, this last several weeks, we've been talking about encouraging them. And this last week, they had stories of people, not only that have interacted with them and asked me God questions, but actually have come to church. 
and there was a couple, and they were, we were celebrating and excited, and lives are being impacted and changed, and, and people are, are just moving towards him. And that's the mission. That is, that's why Christ came. He didn't come to be written in a book or to be on a poster. Or, he came for us, and he came for everybody who doesn't know him. That's the mission. So continue to do that. And, you know, it just so happens that a friend of mine that comes to church here, and I had to kind of twist her arm a little bit because this is not her thing. But I asked her to tell us a little testimony of a Pray For One story that she had. So we're going to watch that. My name is Sue, and I wanted to tell you my Pray For One story. I have a close friend that I have been praying for since we started the Pray For One series. Um, I wasn't really good about writing names down every week. Um, but a couple months ago, I actually started adding her name to my Pray For Ones. And um, I have been asking her for about a year to come to church with me for various events. And out of the blue, she asked me if she could join me at church. She has come. She enjoys it. She's brought her family. And it's been wonderful. Um, but what I am amazed by is the fact that she just recently told me that she decided to come because I was having a rough time and going through some things and she thought it might make me feel better uh, and encourage me if she came with me to church because she knows how important it is to me. Um, but ultimately it ended up helping her. So that to me is just awesome and I'm glad that I wrote her name down. So this stuff works, man. Isn't that exciting? And, and now and there's like a ripple effect of what's happening because this one person prayed and somebody comes and then she invites somebody else and there's like two or three people that are coming because somebody wrote down her name on that connection card and started praying for her. Pray for one. So the next question is this. What if it works? Have you thought of that? I know we have. What if it works? Then what? What do we do? What if everybody we pray for comes to church? <laughs> You know, like you look at the book of Acts where the first church started, there was like 3,000 people in one day that showed up. Can you imagine if that happened here? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to happen like that, but imagine what's going to happen if we doubled. Downstairs is like 200 kids in a weekend at Life Camp, right? 200? Imagine if it was 400. And it's probably four or 500 adults that come to church in a week. Imagine if it doubled. What would we do? More importantly, what would you do? Would you be willing to help us? Would you park in the dirt parking lot that we have? You know? I don't, I don't know. That might be a real mission trip. <laughs> Would you park? You know, now it's dried out. It's better. But, you know, we, a lot of our band members and people here early, we ask them to park there. And then it gets a little bit better. We'll park in Moody's Field because Sean's been like, anything you guys need because he loves our church and he loves our people. So we'll be parking out there. And feel free to do that if you want to. He said, hey, whatever it takes. Just don't do any donuts or anything, you know? <laughs> in the grass, but, but what would you be willing to do? Would you maybe, like Pastor Brian asked you, would you move up front, get closer? Would you move up and give your spot to somebody else, you know? Or would you maybe sit over on this side? You come in, a lot of you sit over here because it's, you know, I know it's a long walk. Or would you sit over here? This is the dark side. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, but what would you be willing to do? It's going to take us all stretching it's going to take us all doing things. Maybe you feel like this guy, you know. They ever come in and somebody's taking your seat? I've watched people, they're like, they're all uncomfortable. Like, what do I do? I remember talking to a guy because somebody sat in my spot and she's all fidgety. I'm like, there's plenty of seats on. I mean, what do you know? It's my spot. 
you know. And you probably will see this video uh, over the next few weeks. It's a little video clip during worship or doing something like that. It's a little fun, but we're going to ask you to slide in maybe because it's going to get fuller, okay? And that, that's okay. We're making a one. It's our part. But we're going to ask you to slide in. It's okay to sit next to somebody. One of the reasons why we're getting rid of the pews is because we all take about two spots because we sprawl out, spread our stuff, stretch, you know. We got to make a one for people. So if you see this clip, you can dance and all that stuff, but we're asking you to slide in. Guy was here earlier and he started dancing. I was like, I was going to do it with him, then I afraid I might hurt myself or something. <laughs> it's tough getting old, you know. But you know, I found it's even in the scriptures. You know, Jesus said, "There's no greater love than to lay down one seat for one's friends." <laughs> I'm having a little fun. That's not how it's written. But it says lay down one's life. I mean, it says to sacrifice. It says to give. Maybe it's sliding in. What, is, what can you do to help make a way for one? Bo said, the writer, the, the writer of the book, Pray for One, he came and spoke a few weeks ago, and he did a great job. We got a chance to hang out with him for dinner uh, on Saturday night, and he said, I didn't say it as nice as this, but he said, if you guys are kidding yourself, if you start doing this and not, make a way for one. You have to make a way for one, have to. Why? Because it's the mission. It's the mission. He said that there's a rule, and we've studied this for years, that about 80% rule, when we get to between 80, 70 and 80% capacity in our parking and in our, in, our, in our seating, people start to think we're full and they won't come back. I remember Pastor Brian and I a couple years ago and we were having a big service and I, we watched a car come in and leave and our hearts just we can't do it. We can't. We got to do whatever it takes. And we, we strategize. What do we do with our board? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We got to make it. We got to make a way. Let's back up a little bit and give you a little vision of Life Church. It was started 20 years ago. If you've uh, been to one of our life groups, in the first couple of videos, we had some clips of the story of Luke being lost, Pastor Brian and Raquel's son, and in the hotel. We went to the actual hotel to film those clips. Howard Johnson's in South Portland where the church started. We had fun running around. And, having, you know, and, and, and they were so gracious letting us videotape. And, and, um, and, but, but the church had a vision of coming. They guys had a vision to come to Maine and reach people, get them to, introduced to Jesus. And then Pastor Gordy, several years late, or, uh, earlier, but uh, a few years after the church started, God gave him this vision that our church was going to be 2,200 people. Now, what does that look like? You know, we're going to have eight, seven services. I don't know. I mean, we're going to have, we have a location. We have another one starting in winter. We don't know how it's going to look. We might add some more services. But you know what? It's going to happen because God revealed it to Gordy. I'm going to tell you, I don't know when, but I know it's going to happen. So we are, we are planning on None of the stuff that we do is just a guess. You know, a few years ago, um, we bought some land over in Gorm. I don't know if you guys, well, we're in Gorm, <laughs> over on 114. Uh, it's 23 acres. And it was a smoking good deal. I mean, it's great. I mean, it was right next to a landfill. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so we won't need any lights because we'll all be glowing when we go to church there. No, no just having some fun. But, what, but no, I, and it's not like that. I was just kidding. It's a nice spot, and we're going to build something someday. And we got some plans, and we got some vision, and we got some dreams of what we're going to do. We're going to build an auditorium that's going to maybe two, two or three times the size of this. And we're going to have, maybe we're going to have a community center that the town people, the kids can use. Maybe we'll have a coffee place. or We have all these dreams that, but it's going to cost five or plus million bucks to do that. So if you guys want to write a check today, we'll get started. <laughs> it's just not 
maybe realistic. Maybe you can. I don't know. Great. Then let's, we'll, get, we'll get close the service and we'll be done. No. I'm just kidding. But the truth is, it take, we have to make a bridge from where we are to where we're going. That's why we're doing these renovations in our foyer. Everyone out there in between services or after and a busier service, man, it's tough just to walk around. I'm out, I'm out there. I feel like the, the foyer police. Can you move over? Can you move over? Can you, so people can walk in. Everybody wants to talk and hang out. We want you to because fellowship is key. And in Maine, there's only a, you know, a few months a year that we could be outside, it seems like. You know? uh, we've had a very easy winter, and we've been very blessed this year. Unless you own a plow company, I guess. But, uh, or a, a, a ski lodge or something. But, you know, I, it, but it's usually it's tough just to, with all the masses of people to just even hang out. We're going to make a way. But first of all, we have to buy in to that mission. Like I said, everything has specific intent. Everything we do, from the music that we do, the messages, the setup, the pl- everything we do has a reason. It's one goal, folks, and I've said it, I'm going to keep saying it. It's the people that don't know him to get to know him. Because that's all that matters. That's all that really matters. It says all of heaven stops what they're doing when one says yes and rejoices. I mean, how important is it? We know it's important. It's our number one goal to introduce people to this guy named Jesus. Now, Jesus said this, I gave you this commandment. Now I'm giving you a new commandment, he says. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for each other. Your sacrifice. Your willingness to stretch and be uncomfortable. That's love. Now, how do you spell love? It's four letters. How do you spell it, right? You spell it like this. Give. Now, there's givers and takers in this world, right? We've all met some, right? People that are just amazing givers. A lot of you are in life, church. I, I love listening to the stories and hearing things. And I'm coming here, and everybody's, like, volunteering and helping. And what can you do? And, I mean, I, I, you know, it's amazing. It touches my heart how many people are just willing to give and have that heart here. And I love you for it. I'm so excited and proud of you guys. But there's also takers. And you know what? We, we live in a culture that promotes it, doesn't it? What is, it, what is like our culture? Our world say, take what you can get. Get yours while you can. You deserve whatever. And I've heard this, I need to take care of myself first. Is that really the case? Is that what Jesus said? No. Whatever you're deficient in, it's backwards. You think you need a more time, take time off. No, you need to give more. I know it doesn't make sense, but if you need more money, give it. If you need more time, give it. If you need more of this, give it. If you need a relationship, give yourself. So... That's exactly how it works in God's kingdom. And if we're not careful, we get wrapped up in this culture and we'll get numb to what's really important, what's really, really what matters. I mean, acquiring things and becoming successful. And that's, there's nothing wrong with success. I mean, God says, do whatever you put your hand to, do it as if you're doing it for him. That means he wants you to succeed but not to succeed for success' sake, not to succeed for stuff, but to succeed because you're an example. Succeed because you can have resources now to do things to help others and give. Again, if we're not careful, we'll fall into a trap. And if we're honest with ourselves and really ask ourselves, what do we value? Well, you know, really all we have to do is look at our calendar 
in our checkbook. I know I'm right. I'm getting you right between the eyes right now. It's a little difficult. But I'm going to tell you the truth. You look at your calendar and you look at your checkbook, and that's what you value the most. That's what you prioritize. Period. It's true. But if we're not careful, we'll become hard. Remember that um, series we did a few months ago, just before Christmas? It was a Christmas carol, Ebenezer Scrooge. And I remember I was doing the clips, getting it ready for some of the things we showed. And I just remember watching over and over again how hard, how callous, how just mean he was. It just reminded me of myself many years ago. And we all struggle with it, but we all have an eye problem, don't we? I want this and I want that and I need this and I need that. Before I met Jesus... I had my own trinity, me, myself, and I. And I kind of lived that way, lived that way, lived that way, lived that way, lived that way. You know, it's interesting, you look at the word pride, the middle letter is I. Crime, middle letter is I. Sin, the middle letter is I. We have an I problem. Now, I'm not giving you guys a hard time. We all had this struggle. Paul said that we have this flesh side, this, this desire side, this need side, this selfish side that struggles with our spiritual side. God gave us our, his spirit, put it inside of us. And he wants to do things, and we struggle because we want to do our own thing, and it's something we battle. And if you look at this idea of love and giving, and the opposite of, of that is lust. Lust is whatever I need to get, what I want, I want to take. But love is giving. Love is all about the give. It's no coincidence that the root word of misery comes from miser. The same word, miser. Again, that character, Ebenezer Scrooge, he was trying to constantly get for himself, take it, he didn't care about anybody else. He was his employee and Bob Cratchit and, you know, just incredibly focused on what? Himself. I remember my mom's mom, I'm a May, a little French woman, she was about four foot nothing. And she was tougher than nails too, man. I wouldn't have messed with her. She was 90, I think she could still take me. I don't know, it was kind of, she was tough. And I don't know, she lived to be in her 90s and she cooked everything with bacon fat. I just, I don't know. Now, I'm not saying to do that, okay? But that's, I mean, just to her, but she went through a tough time. She went through the depression, lost everything. Her husband died young, and she had to take care of four kids and raise them. She did a great job, worked hard, but she got so focused on her, the stuff and the money and everything, she never enjoyed her life. And that used to bother me. I'm like, I know she had resources and money. I didn't know how much, but I knew she had. I said, go have some fun. Go on a vacation. I was like, come on, let's do this. And she'd always say, no, I can't, I can't. Because she lived in fear that maybe it would happen again and maybe she would lose everything. And she had her whole cellar full of canned goods and stuff. It was just like, and I understand, but man, it just hurt my heart. Maybe you can relate to that, someone in your family like that. And, you know, before she passed on, we get a chance to pray. And, you know, and she, she, she got to meet Jesus. And I know we're going to hang out together someday. And, and I'm excited about that. But it's just it's unfortunate. She left a lot of money when she left. And she couldn't take it with her. I mean, she, what do you, you know, just enjoy it. It reminds me of this guy, this rich guy, that one of the wealthiest guys in the world. He wrote in his, in his um, uh, will that he wanted to be buried with all of his treasure. So after the funeral, you know, he died. After the funeral, everybody had kind of dispersed. Except for the family around the casket. The, the casket was open, and they were just saying their goodbyes. And the mom leaned over and dropped something in the, the casket. And the kids were looking at mom. What was that, mom? She said, you know, I don't know if you know this, but your dad wanted to be buried with all this treasure. So I just left him a check. And <laughs> Smart woman, huh? <laughs> you can't take it with you. 
You can't. You know, when we give of ourselves, we give of our time, our talents, and yes, our treasures, we become like who? Who do we become like? Like Jesus. Because that's who he was. That's who he was. He said in the word, he says, if you give to the least, you give just even a cup of water to the least of these, you're giving it to me. Take, why? Because it takes the focus off ourselves and the focus on the true mission, which is why he came. He says, I came to seek, save those that don't know me. In Philippians, it says this. Paul wrote this great book of Philippians. If you get a chance to read it, you should, man. It's only a few pages long. I love those kind of books in the Bible. I said, I know, I can get through it quick. No. Not that that's my goal, but it just gives me pleasure. But it says here, don't look out for your own interests, but take interests in others too. That's Paul writing. And in that whole book of Philippians, he's, he's cheerleading them. He's excited because they're an amazing church. I'll talk more about that in a second. But here's a little nugget for you. You make a living by what you earn, but you make a life by what you give. You make a living by what you earn, but you make a life by what you give. Jesus said this in Matthew. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. I hate to break it to you. The truth is we're all going to die. Isn't that exciting? It's not. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to think about it. But that's the truth, isn't it? They were all someday going to leave here. That's my security. No, just kidding. He's, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> someday we're all going to leave. We can't say, what goes to heaven with us? People. That's the only thing besides God, his word. The only thing that lasts forever is us. So what is really the treasure? There's a treasure right here. I shined him up and everything. And everything. <laughs> yeah, this is Maddie, who's working sound. and he's, I remember when he first came to church here a few years ago. I think you said five years ago now. Man, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. And he was in a different spot. He'll share here in a second. But, but that's what it's about, making a way for guys like Maddie. Yeah, I mean, five years ago, I came in here, and I was completely lost. You know, And I had lost everything in my life, broken relationships and and uh, on the brink of probably losing my job from the actions that I was doing, and just really had lost everything, lost my life, and wanted to lose my life, wanted to take my life, and, you know, one person shared uh, the love of God through them and invited me to church. That's how it started, one person. And I started coming here, and I got all you people, Mm -hmm. all you guys, and you shared God's love. You know, through you, God you know, continued to show his love, and my faith grew in him, and I found Jesus Christ right here in Life Church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from that point, you know, God has just continued to bless me and change my life in amazing ways. I mean, Life Church transformed my life, you know, 180 from where I was to where I am now. My life today is completely blessed. In fact, God was so happy with me that he sent my wife to church. I met my wife here at church. At That's your best church. one. That's the best thing that happened. Jackpot. Woo! <laughs> you realize when you meet my wife what I mean. Um, no, I mean, my life is amazing. You know, she is amazing. We have uh, two beautiful stepkids, stepsons, and I have a son, um, Silas. If you haven't met him yet, you'll meet him. He's three <laughs> years will. old in a 
complete terror, <laughs> and my beautiful daughter Sadie. But all those things were just impossibilities to me. I never thought it was possible that I could be a good father, that I could be a good husband. You know, and Life Church and God through you changed my life. You know, it wasn't me, it wasn't my effort, my energy. It was God that did that through you and, and uh, changed us. So, you know, I'm just amazing. It's, it's an amazing uh, place to be. And, you know, the ministries that we're a part of on Tuesday nights, we're a part of a ministry. And now they're having me pastor a church in Wyndham. <laughs> I mean, now that's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And uh, God is so good, and he's been so good to, you know, you Life Church has made a way for me. And hopefully I can turn that around, recycle that, and make a way for others. I think that's what I'm trying to get at today. So thanks. Let's hear it for him, huh? I'll take that. <laughs> Maddie's a rock star, man. He's just awesome. Anytime we ask him to do something, he just shows up and does it. Even yesterday, he and I were putting, mostly him, putting in the toilet. You know? Ministry is so glorious <laughs> and glamorous, right? You know, it, it's whatever it takes, and that's the people that we have here at the church, and just Maddie's one of them. He's one of those treasures. Now, it's not a a treasure. I mean, maybe that's not the right word, but it is, because that's, I know someday we're going to be sitting around hanging. Maybe you can get a chance to talk to Paul. Tell me what it was like, man, when you started the Philippian church. Because someday we're going to hang out together forever. But it starts here. But what if we didn't make a way? Look at this seat here. What if we didn't make a way for Maddie to come here that day? Five years ago, I can't even. I can't even think of it. I can't even. It, the burden is just too big. There's sixteen thousand people I think that live in Gorham alone. Okay, there's a lot of them that need the experience that Maddie had. And a lot of them that need you. A lot of them that need to know our Savior. And, and need to experience something that they've never experienced. Maybe I've tried all kinds of things. I, I've done all kinds of things. I've tried to get all uh, the thrills of my life and nothing even comes close to the experience I've had with God. So it reminds me of this story um, in the Bible where Jesus was sitting at the temple and um, and he's sitting next to the collection box because that's how they used to do it back then and everybody would give them their offerings, their tithes and offerings to the temple that way and he's sitting and he's hanging out with his boys, the disciples. He's hanging out with the crew and, um, and they're watching and all these people, these important people were coming in and they're putting in their offerings and they're making a big spectacle of that and maybe even boasting about it. I don't even know. And people are like, oh. And nobody paid attention. But this little old lady just kind of walked up with her cane. I can just picture her just kind of walking up. And nobody even notices her. They don't see her at all. She makes her way there. She's got this little smile on her face. I picture this. And, and she gets there and she reaches in her purse and she pulls out just a couple of coins. And Jesus goes, look, 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 look. Guys, guys, come here, come here, come here, look, look. There it is, there it is right there. Look, 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 watch, watch this. She puts it in, she makes her way away. Nobody even pays attention to her. He says, that's it, boys, right there. Because it says she gave her all. She wasn't concerned about her own needs. She wasn't focused on herself. She knew how much God had given her, and she was willing to go all in for God. Now, I gave that quote from the book of Philippians, and I, I recommend you read it. But that whole letter of, of uh, I'm sorry, of uh, Philippians, that whole letter was Paul writing to that church thanking them. It was a thank you letter for the offering that they, and they weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination, but they were rich with their heart. 
And they loved Jesus. They loved Paul. They loved the good news. They loved hearing about it. They wanted to spread it. And they said, we're all in. And they gave it all for him. They went all in. Now, when you talk about things like money, oh, that's it. The church just wants all your money. No, we don't. We want you. Because that's exactly what God wants. He wants your heart and your attitude. And we can give a couple ways in life. We can give by reasoning. You know, what can I afford? You know, I, I, I can logically think about, oh, I can give my time, I can give I, my money, I can give. Or we can give by what I've learned is called revelation. We ask God, what do you want me to do? Now hang on when you do that because it's going to be an interesting ride. I remember the first couple of times God asked me to give, I was like, no. Or I, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, we have a bad connection. It must be my cell phone. I mean, it was just, you know, I just didn't want to hear it. But he was working on stretching me. He was working on growing me. God's not interested in our comfort. He's interested in our character. He's interested in building us and growing us and pushing us to be more like who? His son. His son. That's not easy. It might start by sliding in or moving to the dark side. <laughs> it might start by parking in the dirt parking lot. It might start by moving up forward, getting closer and giving up your favorite seat to someone else. It might be that God says to give. I know I've done that several times where he says, and I remember one time giving everything I had in my pocket to somebody, and I remember one time he put in my heart to give to so I heard about somebody who didn't have any heat tonight, and I didn't have much money, but I, I found somebody who had some wood, and I borrowed the church truck, and I wrote a check, and I asked him, wait for a few days before he before deposited that because I didn't have it, and I just did it. I'm not saying that's the best way to do things. I'm not, I don't know, but I know within a few days I had a financial blessing that was like 10 times what I gave, and it was really strong. It was really, it, God told me to do it, and I just obeyed. Every time he's ever done that, Folks, he's always delivered. And I'm not saying to, that's not why we give, to get. It's not about that. It's about just obeying and giving. In the um, <clears throat> pew in front of you, there is a sheet that's folded up by the Bible or on the sides of her, and it's, it's our financial statement. And I just want to kind of go through some things, kind of share a little bit what we're doing. <clears throat> just a matter of full disclosure, Everything that comes in goes to ministries. Everything that comes in goes to support the work of God. Everything that comes in goes to His purpose. And we've saved up, uh, last year we saved up about 80,000 bucks for the projects that we're working on. And on the top right, you'll see our current projects. We've already done expanding our um, parking lot and some of the grounds work, and we're working on a foyer, and you know, the office building is listed. We, we, we got that from the town, but it had to be totally renovated. And a lot of you volunteered, a lot of you helped, and so many different things. I, I'm not even going to mention I'm not even going to go through names because there's dozens and dozens of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. We ordered some chairs. I know maybe some of you don't like it. We'll have a pew party, and you can take your pew if you want. Some people have already asked, I want my pew. Great. Where are you going to put it? I mean, I want to see that room. <laughs> you know, I have a vision of somebody coming in with a chainsaw. <laughs> take their half or something. I don't know. But that might happen, and that's okay, you know? If you know a place that wants them, we'll give them away. We've asked some churches, and nobody seems to have a place to put them because of the way it's, the place is laid out. And, but if you know something, let us know. Or take one, not today, <laughs> but when the time is right, we'll let you know. Because we could probably fit another 50 people in here or more if we get chairs. Because that's our mission, folks, remember? That's our mission. Make a way. 
So bottom line is that we've got about $138,000, $139,000 worth of stuff that we need to do in our next phase here. We've, uh, again, we saved up about eighty, so we're about fifty-seven, fifty-eight thousand bucks that we need. So I'm going to ask you to partner with us. Now, if you're not getting a revelation from God and you're saying it's not for me, okay, it's not for you. It's all right. I'm not here to manipulate you. I'm not here to coerce you. I'm not here to make you or to guilt you into it. No, please don't feel that way. That's not my job. I'm letting you know. Some of you might be able to write a check today for the whole thing. I don't know, but God does. I'm not saying, I'm not, again, it's, it's between you, and, it's a revelation between you and him. You might give 10 bucks or 10,000. It's between you and him. Or you might give nothing and that's okay. God wants what? A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. He wants you to be excited. And I was reading in, um, uh, you know the story of David, right? David, he was one of the great kings of Israel. And before he passed on his throne to Solomon, which God had named him to be the next king, he raised a bunch of money for the temple to be built. I'll just read you this. It's kind of cool. And David went all in. He says, our God, we thank you and praise you, your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people to give you anything, he says? Because everything has come from you. We just give you only what you've first given us. And he goes on to say, our days are like a passing shadow, gone soon without a trace. And he goes on and says, I have watched the people offer their gifts willingly and joyfully. Because he was, David was excited. And he stepped up first and said, I'm giving it all. And he did. And God revealed it to me. And I'll share this with you, not because I'm anything, but somebody has to take a stand. And God said to me, Tom, I want you to give you, I want you to give a paycheck. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my paycheck for this cause. And I don't know how it's going to all happen, but I, don't, I, know, no, I know right now that God's going to come through. He always has, always done, always, 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 always. Because you know why? Because he's God. So I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm not saying you have to do anything. But ask God. We'll pray in a minute here. If Isaiah could kind of come up, and we'll close our service, and we'll ask you to give. Have you enjoyed listening to him sing? Hasn't he got a great voice? I sing just like that in the shower, man. <laughs> I wish, man, I wish. I love having him be here. And he's going to be out in the foyer, and uh, he's got a CD, and he's working on another one right now that's almost done. And he's pretty excited about that. Yeah. So, And I'm sure he'll come back again and lead some worship and hang out with us and sing some songs maybe that he wrote. So <clears throat> while he's getting ready... For our ushers to come up. And besides giving like you normally do, you guys are such generous people. But if God's putting that on your heart, you want to be a partner, you want to be a part of this, making a way for others. Just write on your check, uh, building project on your memo, or you can do it online, or you can pop in this week. I mean, whatever works for you. And if it's not for you, it's okay. Let's pray and we'll enjoy some more of Isaiah. Dear Lord, thank you for your word, your message, that all, you, all the plans you have, Lord, thank you for helping us make a way. 
Thank you for giving us a vision to impact these communities in our area. Thank you for the heart that you've sown into all of us. Thank you for the sacrifice you made. Thank you for asking us to stretch the partner for this Make a Way campaign. Lord, we ask you to bless this offering. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing Good, Good Father again. What I take from this song is, is, um, is how, how much different would we live our lives if we knew the reality that God isn't disappointed or mad or angry with us, but he loves us so much, like really loves us. He's really, really not disappointed with you, no matter what you're feeling, even if you feel that way, so... Once you've uh, given, we can all stand as well. And we'll just sing this again. Let's just worship with this. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
Father. It's who you are. It's who you are, Jesus. It's who you are. And I love that you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, it's who I am. Thank you, Jesus. our prayer team members or life group leaders that are here if they can make their way up and if you have any um, prayer requests or anything come on up here no matter what they are we'd love to pray with you and for you and bless you and then we'll pray and we'll be dismissed dear Lord thank you for your word all that you do for us Lord we ask you to bless all these people and their families this week Feel yourself to them. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. God bless.